was able to tell us about that. Glory to God. Would you open up in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4? There was a woman who was very worried about her husband and who, went, who was going to oversee or going to see it. He was in the Navy. And so he got ready to sail. And as he was uh, sailing, his, his wife came into the church service and handed a note to the pastor so that he would pray for her husband as he was going. And so the note said this, George Bowen's wife requests prayer for her husband's safety who has gone to sea. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, pastors, we do this. We, we get the prayer request and instead of just reading it, sometimes we just kind of, all right, I know what that is, and we say it. And so he did that. He got into the service and he said what the prayer request was as he thought it was. And this is what he said. George Bowen, having gone to see his wife, desires the prayers of the congregation for his safety. <laughs> it's not quite the same message, is it? <laughs> It's amazing how things can just get a little bit mixed up and it can change the whole thing. We're looking today at a topic. Most of the times when we spend time on topics here in the Word, last week we told you it was a little different topic. Most of the time we're looking at how to live the Christian life. Last week we looked at how to end it. <laughs> Not a topic we look at a whole lot, but glory to God, the more you focus on how the Christian life ends, the more you can get excited about it. I can't wait for this Christian life to end and get on to the next one. But that doesn't mean we leave this one early. You have an assignment. Do it. <laughs> Stay on down here and do that assignment until it's all done. And then when you go, you go on home in glory. I didn't tell you this story, but I heard one story from, from somebody. They were saying um, they, were, they were believing God. They, they, were, they were not having victory in, the, in this area for the sickness. And so they're talking to the pastor, and they said, you know, what happens if I die believing God? And the pastor said, well, glory to God. <laughs> it's a whole lot better to die believing God than to die not believing God. I mean, it, it, there are some things we mess up with in the, in the battle that's down here and don't always get it right. And sometimes, you know, it costs some people their lives and they, they head on over it. Maybe they didn't have to. Well, maybe it's just whatever it was. Don't worry about it. God's going to be there. Glory to God, you're home. <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to be good. Finish your assignment down here. But when you go on to the next one, oh, is it going to be good? And when you get there, you will not want to come back. <laughs> no matter who it is you left behind, because you're going to know they're going to be here real soon. It's going to be sooner for you being up there. But anyway, that was last week. We're in this, a different one this week. We talked about the spirit of Antichrist that's here in this world. And I, I know I perked some of your interest because I told you that this current president has yielded himself more to the spirit of Antichrist than any president in my lifetime. And so that got some of you folks uh, interested and you, some of you wanted to know why. Uh, and so we'll get into that. Now, I am not saying that this, this president is the Antichrist. He is not the Antichrist. Please say that with me. He is not. The, he does not qualify to be the Antichrist. He's nowhere close to the Antichrist. And beside that, the Antichrist can't be revealed until what? Until we're gone. And it's the wrong country. The United States, Antichrist is not coming from the United States. He's, he's just not coming from here. Now, I could be proved wrong, but more than likely, I'm not going to be proved wrong in that. I pretty much know where he's coming from. <laughs> well, I've studied it out a long time. <laughs> I pretty, and I have word on it. It's not just an opinion. I have a lot of scriptures, and I pretty much know where he is coming from. And we've sat down with you and, and gone it through with, with, with you. Uh, I love studying that stuff. But you know what? We're not going to be here for it. But the reason we study it is to get people ready who are not listening to us now and are going to be here. We get them ready. But I've, I've told God, you know, if, if you need somebody, I'll stay behind. I'll stay behind. I'll, I'll go on. I said, I won't like it. <laughs> But I'll, I'll do it. That's all right. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see what happens. I'm more, more than like we're all just going right on. I don't think we have a choice in the thing. But anyway, 
put some things in your outline here, and some of them I want to make sure I get to. Uh, what I planned on this just to be a one-week thing. I was just going to go over this one week, spend a little bit of time on it, because there's three aspects of this we want to get into. But we don't really have enough time to do justice to all three, so I think we're going to spread this out over two. So we're going to go, and some of the questions that you all had, you know, we put it up on Facebook, and you all were great in, in putting some uh, 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 feedback on there. Appreciated all that. I gave you, I texted it out, too, that it was up on there and told some folks, if you, if you didn't have the opportunity to get on Facebook, text it over to me. A number of you did that, and so I was able to put it up there for you and, and have that up. Uh, but a lot of those questions or things that were coming through, we're not going to get into this week, but we will, and we'll probably get into it next week. So I just want to let you know we're going to get it. We're going to spread this out over two instead of the one. Uh, but I really want you to have the groundwork because this is the easiest thing to recognize, the, the spirit of Antichrist. It's a piece of cake. It is not hard. It's not buried. It's not, it's not concealed. It is the easiest thing, which is why we have to be removed before it can be, before the Antichrist can be revealed because we pick it up in a second. It's not hard to find. It is consistent. There are people. Now, the spirit of Antichrist works through people. That's the thing. Whenever you're going to interact with the spirit of Antichrist, it's going to be through people because that's what he uses. He comes through. And there's been times through scriptures where he has used people. He's worked, worked through people. And we're going to look at some of those things. One in particular today, I think, is the best example of it in the word of God. But there are a number of them. We'll refer to a number of them. But every time that he shows this, that the spirit of Antichrist shows its head, it's always the same. So we want to spend a lot of time today looking at the characteristics of it because the characteristics are very plain as to what any Christ is. It's not hard to, to figure out. He is the same all the time that he shows up. Now, once you get to know it, it's real easy to, to pick up on that. How many of y'all have ever uh, had a, a friend or somebody and they had some kind of a quirk? And once somebody pointed it out to you, that's all you saw. Right? Ever had that happen? You know, you never noticed it about them, but then somebody says, oh, you ever know they, they do this? Oh, they do, don't they? And then from that point on, you've always heard it. <laughs> you just can't tune it out. Have you had that happen? Well, it's, it's going to happen with this. Once we show you what it is and how consistent it is in Scripture, you're going to see it all the time. Now, do understand this. Not everyone who gives in to the spirit of Antichrist is a bad person. Please understand that. There are some good people who intended to try and be, they were trying to be good people, who gave in to the spirit. They didn't realize it. But we don't want you to not realize it. I want you to know what it is. Now, Jesus, one time he dealt with this. Now, Peter sort of, he got into it a little bit. He let the spirit of Antichrist, it's kind of just dabbled. Not real strong, but just dabbled in it. And how did Jesus deal with it? Oh, man, he was harsh with him. When it comes on people, even if you like them, you better deal with it correctly. That's all you need to know about that. Even if it comes on people that you like, you need to spot it. You need to recognize it because the spirit of Antichrist is against Christ. It is not the opposite of Christ. It is against Christ. And so if you are to side with it, you are basically siding with a force that is against what you are supposedly for. And that's what you have to be careful about. And that's why you need to get to know it. It's not like any of these characteristics you're going to be misled on that. Oh, maybe that's God. No, it's not. <laughs> when we show you these characteristics, God never does these. Ever. So if you see it, you know it's not coming from God. God does not work this way. And if people give into this, they are yielding to the wrong spirit. 
If you yield to the wrong spirit, it's for a wrong reason. Now, before we get into all that, I wanted to read one thing here to you. This is not in your outline. If you want to write it down, you can, but you've heard this before. Jesus outlined his purpose just before he got into ministry. He sat down in the temple and he read a scripture. There was a prophecy about the Messiah. As you know, he read half of the prophecy because at that point he was fulfilling half of the prophecy. In his second coming, he was going to fulfill the second half of it. This is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the purpose of the Christ. The purpose of the Antichrist is against this. So the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, not the Antichrist. We are not talking and we are not going to talk about the Antichrist. We are only talking about the spirit of Antichrist. When he says to proclaim good news to the poor, the spirit of Antichrist is against that. When he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, he's against that. To recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, he's against that. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, he is against that. These are the things that the spirit of Antichrist is against. But not so with you. <laughs> Glory to God. We are not going to, to go that way. So let's get back into this. First John 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. There are many spirits out there. You need to test them. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know that the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. It was already in the world then. It was in the world even in the Old Testament, and you saw it. And it's, in the, and it's coming even stronger. In 2 John verse 1, verse 6, or chapter 1, verse 6, only one chapter there. This is love, that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And an antichrist not the antichrist first john 3 7 little children let no one deceive you he who practices righteousness is righteous righteous just as he is righteous if you if you just look at what people are doing if a person is of the spirit of god they're going to practice righteousness if the person is of the spirit of a different spirit or spirit of antichrist they're going to practice lawlessness That's what they're going to do. They're going to practice it. I don't care what their words are. Look at what they practice. Look at what they do. That's where the the proof is in the pudding as it is. I put this in your outline for you to fill in. The spirit of Antichrist does not come upon or work through a large number of people. Please understand this. The spirit of Antichrist is not here to grab a whole group of people. That's not what he does. But focuses on those with great callings, or great influence or power over a great number of people. The spirit of Antichrist is after folks who have a tremendously great calling or have a tremendous amount of influence over other people. That's who the spirit of Antichrist goes after. That's his purpose. The purpose of Antichrist, the Antichrist, is to bring about a false peace. 
purpose of Antichrist is to try and unite the world into a kingdom that mimics the kingdom that Jesus will do. He will never succeed. Sometimes Christians have this idea that he will partially succeed or succeed for a little while. Understand, he will never succeed. It will never be accomplished, not not for a week, not for a month. He will work towards it, and he will try for it, but it will not happen. He will fail. That's what the Antichrist wants to do. But the spirit of Antichrist is setting the stage for the Antichrist to come in. So with the spirit of Antichrist comes upon people who have great influence or great calling for the purpose of doing the things that are necessary to prepare the way. When Jesus Christ came, things were prepared for Jesus' coming. Things were made ready. We saw a number of things that were done. The Grecian Empire taught the world a single language. When Jesus came into the world, all the, language, all the world knew one language. They knew their own language and they knew Greek. So it was really easy to preach the gospel to all nations because everyone knew a common language. When the Roman Empire was there, they made passage between countries easy. Preparations were made for the gospel to come. Well, understand, in Satan's kingdom, he's made preparations. And he's working on people to make those preparations come about. We, as the church, should never side with him. There are some times that Christians say, well, I I really want to see Jesus Christ come back again, so I'll side with this, even though I know this is bringing in Antichrist, because I want to see Jesus Christ come back. Oh, dear Lord, I don't want to get to heaven and say, oh, I sided with Antichrist to get you back here. There are Christians who actually said that. Dear Lord, don't do that. Don't do that. Stand against the kingdom of, of Satan every time you can. Every time you recognize it, stand against it. Nope, not having any part to do with that. Understand, the kingdom of Satan has some people in it you like. There are some actors and actresses out there that are very much in the kingdom of Satan. And um, you may like them. (laughs) But you know what? They're they're the wrong spirit. They're doing the wrong thing. There are politicians out there, wrong spirit. There are people with great influence, wrong spirit. They're going the wrong direction. I put, some, uh, I put this in here. This, this is just to show you the similarities between the Antichrist and Christ. I, I saw this list and I thought, this is pretty neat. Put it together. kind of gives us an idea just to give us foundation for these, these things that are coming. Christ came from above. Antichrist will ascend from the pit. Christ came in the Father's name. Antichrist will come in his own name. Christ humbled himself. Antichrist will exalt himself. Christ was despised. Antichrist will be admired. Christ will be exalted. Antichrist will be cast down to hell. Actually, to the lake of fire. He never will get him to hell. Christ came, came to do his Father's will. Antichrist will do his own will. Christ came to save. Antichrist will come to destroy. Christ is the good shepherd. Antichrist is the evil shepherd. Christ is the true vine. Antichrist is the vine of the earth. Christ is the truth. Antichrist is the lie. Christ is the holy one. Antichrist is the, is the lawless one. Christ is the man of sorrows. Antichrist is the man of sin. Christ is the son of God. Antichrist is the son of perdition. It's a decent little list they, they came up with. And they, they put it in there. But let's read some of the scriptures here. The number one thing that, the, that is the job and the responsibility of the devil and the number one thing that comes out of his kingdom and is part of the spirit of Antichrist is to deceive. The, the spirit of Antichrist comes to deceive. In Matthew 24, verse 1, 
Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, end of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Every time Jesus gets into the end times, what does he say? Take heed that no one deceives you. Because in the end times, Antichrist is becoming stronger and stronger, and the purpose of the spirit of Antichrist is deception. The purpose of Satan is deception. Antichrist is not going to be any different. So take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Are they of God? Then they are against him. They're trying to come as a false Christ. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And, they, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And he who endures to the end shall be saved. So he's given us an idea of what's coming up, what the atmosphere will be like. And we're seeing more of that atmosphere come about. In verse 24, For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But see, we know better. The purpose of miracles as, as God does them is different from the purpose of miracles as Satan does them. Since we are tuned into the purpose of God, we're not dissuaded because someone does something that looks powerful. Remember when Moses was on the earth and he was doing the signs and wonders? What did the magicians do? They, they tried to mimic them. Now, they weren't able to mimic all of them, but they tried to do it. So understand Satan's kingdom can do some miraculous looking things, but they're not for the purpose of which God does them. In Romans 16, verse 18, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. They serve themselves. And the people that are of this spirit serve themselves. It's kind of its downfall. We'll get into that more as we, we go on here. First John 2, verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. You know people out there trying to deceive you? It's, it's, it's told about right there. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need it that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. People will come, and they will try to deceive you. But if you stay tuned into the Spirit of God and to what his word directs you, it is not possible for you to be deceived. But if you let it go, you can be deceived. That's why you have to hang on to that. Revelations 12, 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan. I don't know if I put all these Revelation ones in your Bible. I got a whole bunch of them. I just, just wanted to show you the, the purpose of this. You can write them down or just listen. Who deceives the whole world. Who deceives the whole world. That's what Satan is called. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. 
in Revelation 13, verse 14, and he who deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he has which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Chapter 18, verse 23, The light of the lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. Speaking of Babylon. Chapter 19, verse 20, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Verse uh, 3 of chapter 20, And he cast them in, in the bottomless pit and shut them up, and he sealed on, and has set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. What's his purpose there again? To deceive. Verse 8, chapter 20, And I will go to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is the sand of the sea. Verse 10, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The devil's number one purpose on this earth is to deceive. And it's also the first thing that the spirit of Antichrist does. It tries to deceive. Now, it's not distinctive to Antichrist, but it is certainly where it begins. I put in your outline, too, that this is kind of, these things are kind of progressive. You don't get to the end ones without going through some of the beginning ones. And so the first thing that the spirit of Antichrist will do when it comes upon somebody is to deceive. How many saw that movie? Uh, catch me if you can. <laughs> some folks uh, really enjoyed that movie. Uh, they thought they did a nice job, and I saw it the one time. I didn't really want to see it the second time. It's saw it one time. There's some movies, I don't know, some movies you see, and you, you don't mind catching them again and again, but uh, some, that was just for me. One time was good. Was good. But uh, you see this guy who um, apparently it was a true life story of a guy, and he uh, built the government out of more than $5 million by the time he was 21. <laughs> That's a lot of money to go through by the time you're 21. I didn't really quite realize it was that high. But he was raised in a father who cheated the government on a consistent basis, and he saw this, and he saw that you can get through life by lying. And so he did this, and he, you know, one lie, one upon another lie, upon another lie, and you saw a progress of, of how good he got at it, and how, uh, how much he, he began to do, and, you know, he ran away, and he uh, found a way to become a doctor, and people believed that he was a doctor, and then he became a, a lawyer, and actually passed the bar exam, <laughs> and... Um, uh, became a lawyer, and he met a girl when he was a doctor. He was a nurse and met her father, and the father owned a, a law company and decided, well, I guess I can be a lawyer too. And so he decided to become a lawyer and just deceive people and all that. And he decided to marry this girl. And so as they were marrying this girl and going through the uh, whatever ceremony they were having, the FBI, the agents, you know, ganged up on it, and they were all co- converged in the house. And so he got wind of it beforehand. He runs upstairs, and he starts packing a suitcase. And um, uh, his, his uh, wife... I guess they're married. I'm not sure. I don't remember the movie. They're already married or they're about to be married, whoever it was. But she came on up and, and she said uh, she saw a suitcase and it was all filled with money. And this kind of puzzled at this. And so he said, look, I'm not a doctor. I never went to medical school. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to law school. And he began to tell her all the different lies that he had done. He says, I don't want to lie anymore. He says, I'm not Presbyterian or not Lutheran, I think is what he said. And um, uh, uh, he went through all the different stuff. And at the end of it, she says to him, wait, you're not a Lutheran? 
Of all the lies and all the deceptions, that's the one that stuck out. You're not a Lutheran? <laughs> Her parents were Lutherans, so he thought he had to be one. Um, it's amazing sometimes <laughs> the things that we do. People have deceived us, deceived us, and deceived us. And, and he deceived a lot of people. He had a lot of people that were you know, kind of kind of smoked on this. And the spirit of Antichrist is very good at deception. And as people yield to it, not everybody who deceives is following the spirit. Understand that. But as you yield to this, you're going to begin to progress through the different levels and you're going to see some other things come out. And those are the things that I really get upset about. We bring out a lot of things for you from the media and a lot of things for you politically simply because it is the spirit of Antichrist. And I need to make sure that you all know about it. And so whenever something comes up, you know, there's a whole lot I sit on. But there's sometimes I just, no, I can't just sit on those. I got to bring it up. And, and, and let them all know, because it's important that you know. You need to recognize the spirit of Antichrist, even if it's in people that you like. I've seen the spirit of Antichrist uh, muster up in politicians that I like and some that I didn't like. And I've got to be just as forceful at recognizing it in both. Because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to fall. You're going to fall prey to some of this stuff. After you get into deception, now we're going to get into a place, and this is another level where you dis- disguises the intentions. The spirit of Antichrist, once it has taken its prey, the person is following after it, and they get into deception, and they become a pretty good deceiver, it will get to a place where you disguise intention. Now, this is why this is another, mo- uh, another level up. When you disguise your intentions, you know that your intentions are either bad or that the people are not ready for it. Now, a lot of times people disguise their intentions because they think, well, they're just not highly uh, evolved, that they can see the truth in this. So we have to disguise these things so that they don't see those. And, uh, and they feel like that. They still feel like they're right, but they need to disguise their intentions. And this is the next level of things. I'll give you an example in this Herod. Remember Herod when the wise men came to him? Now, the spirit of Antichrist is against Christ. And Herod was very much given into this. And so when the wise men came and they told about this king, they, what does he do? Oh, well, I want to worship him too. So please come back and let me know. What's he doing? Disguising his intentions. Because his intentions are what? To kill him. But he knows that won't go well. So we need to disguise the intentions. Now, there's a lot of people who disguise intentions and are not all of Antichrist. It's when the disguising of the intentions is of such to come against Christ or those that are his. That's when it's of the spirit of Antichrist. If it's just to disguise their intentions for whatever other reason, that's not the spirit of Antichrist. But when it's to come against Christ, the church, his people, the word, whatever, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That's what they would do. And they know that it just won't be taken the way it is. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. They're words, but they're empty. And they know that they're empty because they're disguising their intentions. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing solid there because it, it, the, the intentions are the truth. If you are going to disguise it, you have to put a mask on. And the mask, there's no substance to it. It can come apart. In Colossians 2, verse 4, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. There are empty words and there are persuasive words. We're trying to persuade you. 
How about a salesman coming to your house telling you how great this product is? How about the guys on the infomercials telling you how great the product is until you buy it and get it home and find out it's not quite as good as we thought it was? It seemed like it was better than it turned out. So there's a disguise in the intentions. Now, first two levels, you can be doing this and not be part of the Antichrist, spirit of Antichrist, or you can be doing this and be part of it. Here's the third one. Discredits falsely those who expose and oppose. Now, just going back to the other one, disguising intentions. I didn't make note of this, but remember Daniel? Remember his opponents? What did they do with their intentions when they came to the king? They disguised them, didn't they? They said, we want to do this because you're such a great king. No, they didn't. They want to do it because they wanted to get a Daniel. When they wanted to get it, his buddies, they came to the king and they said, let no man, or no, everybody should bow down to this, to this image. They disguised the intentions. They do it all the time. It's of the spirit of Antichrist. See, that was of the spirit of Antichrist because it was coming against the people of God. So discredits falsely those who expose or oppose. In Matthew 27, verse 63, saying, Sir, we remember while we still alive how the deceiver said, After three days I will rise. After, remember, he's that deceiver. They're talking about Jesus, that deceiver. Yet he never said anything, anything to deceive. They tried to catch him in deception. What happened to him every time they did? People that are of this spirit will, I think I had this later on down, but we'll jump ahead on it. People that are of this spirit, of the spirit of Antichrist, will not confront the people on truth. They try to discredit them. This is of the spirit. Now, you're getting into areas that this is really narrowing. This is more spirit of Antichrist than it is anything else. They try to discredit Jesus, even when, of course, when he's not there. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience and tribulations and needs and distresses and stripes and imprisonments and tumults and labors, sleeplessness and fastings by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. People will always try and portray you as a minister, you as a believer, you as a person of God as being one way when in actual, actually you are something else. This is what Paul is saying. We're portrayed this way, but actually we're this way. We're portrayed like this, but actually it's this way. We're portrayed like this, but actually it's like this. And that's what they try and do. John chapter 7, verse 12. And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said he is good. Others said no. On the contrary, he deceives the people. Down in verse 45. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why have you not brought him? Why have you not brought him, him along with you? And the officer said, No one ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? We're not confronting the truth. We're not confronting the things that he says. No, if you think that he's good, then you must be deceived. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? By this crowd that does not know the law is accursed, Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is saying? In other words, shouldn't we hear the truth? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? 
searched and looked, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee, and everyone went to his own house. So what, what he's saying is, look, let's listen to the words that he speaks and judge them based on that. And they said, no, he's from Galilee. Go in the Bible. Have you ever seen anybody good come out of Galilee? Is that a reason for no one coming out of Galilee? It's ridiculous, isn't it? But see, this is the way that it was back in then, and it's the way it is now. If someone has substance, we must discredit him or her using whatever means. It doesn't have to make sense. All we have to do is discredit them. And if we get you to discredit you, you know, we saw that through the election process. I was really upset the way they treated Herman Cain because he was my early favorite. And they went about and they discredited him and they were publishing accusations when no one actually accused them. This is what they do. It's, it's, it's wrong. But you see, if you just listen to the people, what are they saying? How many, how many are glad the political uh, commercials are off the air? Yeah. It's kind of it's good that that's all out of there. But sometimes I would listen to some and, you know, they'd be tearing down somebody and tearing down somebody. But if you get into this enough and you understand, all right, if you are discrediting somebody based on not on their words, but on something that's made up, I actually got, I think I like that person. And they're tearing them down left and right in the commercial. I think, man, I think I like this one. I go up there and I look at what they believed and what they said. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like this one. But you see, that it's, it's a common game. This is what they do. They don't tear down on substance. They don't tear down by their words. They tear down by, well, he's from Galilee. I mean, come on, no, go back in the Bible. Has anybody from Galilee come out of there and been anything good? Any prophet come out of Galilee? No, so therefore no prophet can. They, uh, but the response that you see with these Pharisees, the Pharisees were very much of the spirit of Antichrist. And so anyone who sided with Jesus, you're deceived. I don't need to know why you're sided with Jesus. I don't need to know any of the facts. You're deceived. That's all there is to it. I put in your outline this. Seldom does this spirit try to discredit openly. Because when you're not dealing with truth, you can't bring it out openly. This is one of the reasons why Al Gore was said would never run for president. And he never has. Because he got his, he, put, he hitched his wagon to the global warming thing. And he knew global warming will not survive an open debate. All they can do is discredit those who come against it. Call them names. They cannot bring global warming into an open debate because it fails. It can't stand up to the facts because there are no facts that uphold it. And so he knows he can't do it. And if he, went for, and if he ran for president, well, then he had to bring it into an open debate. And, of course, you know that he doesn't believe what he does because he just sold his uh, network to an oil company. And if oil is so bad, <laughs> but he's a hypocrite anyway. And uh, it's, it's, uh, he, he just won't, he won't debate. There's a whole lot of people that have challenged and said, look, let's, let's have an open forum. And let's debate this. And he refuses. Because you know it's not, there's no substance to it. If you have substance to what you believe, aren't you excited about bringing it into an open debate? We believe in the Word of God. We're excited. You want to debate the Word of God? Come on, let's go. <laughs> I know the Bible. I know that's truth. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's have some fun. But no, the p- people know that there's no substance to it. Then they, they don't try and do it. Yeah, put in. I didn't put this in your outline, but Jesus humiliated the Pharisees when they did op- openly debate him. And those who opposed Daniel, Paul, and Stephen, they had no success when they openly debated him. 
When they openly debated Stephen, they looked like fools. When they openly debated Paul, they looked like fools. So what did they do with Paul? After Paul got done, they came in. Oh, Paul didn't give you the whole gospel. Oh, Paul didn't do this. Oh, they can't openly approach it. This is what this spirit does. It won't do things out in the open. It does everything concealed, covered up. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Uh, did I already read that one? Yeah, I sure did. All right, we already got into that one. We don't need to, to do that one again. Going down to John chapter 7. Nope, we already did that one too. All right. I'm uh, skip too far ahead. Anyway, once they get to this place where they are discrediting, not based on any facts, just, you know, stuff like, oh, you came from Galilee or just stuff that makes no difference, they will move into the area of dividing. This division is a thing of the spirit of Antichrist because in order to conquer, you need to divide. In Romans chapter 16, verse 17, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. 1 Corinthians 1.10, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Jude 1.17, But you, beloved, remember the words which you were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that they would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit, the spirit. You got the wrong spirit above them. They will work on divisions. And we constantly see the media and a lot of politicians working on dividing people. The spirit of God does not divide people. He does not put the rich against the poor. He does not put the needy against those who have. He does not put the labor unions against the non-labor unions. He does not put administrations up against uh, workers. He doesn't put small business against big business. They don't do that. But constantly we see people in our government who do this. They're always dividing. They want to get you on a side. Right now they got you on a side that, uh, well, you'll be in the the not-rich class. Because they want you to believe that the not rich class is that one or two percent, and we're just going to tax them. And they did this big tax raise. Do you know that the tax raise did not tax the people that were clamoring for it? I mean, y'all know who's that uh, real rich guy that was on um, the president's side? Um, Warren Buffett. He was talking about how he doesn't pay enough taxes. That he's not paying more enough more taxes. His secretary pays more taxes than he does. With the raise in taxes, how many of you all think Warren Buffett's tax rates changed? It didn't because the taxes are for the income rich, not the asset rich. Income rich. And what the inc- what tax on income rich is to prevent more people from becoming rich. That's all it does. But the people that are already asset rich, those taxes didn't change. So Warren Buffett is paying no more taxes than he did before. Except, you know, for all the other new taxes that came in that um, perhaps that'll, that'll get in there. But anyway... We, we, side on, we side on to it because you got the, all this group against this group. Well, pretty soon that 1% or 2% is going to become 5 or 10%. And the line's going to be drawn at different spots. Because right now, I guess the line was drawn at 400 or 450,000. And then pretty soon they're going to get that down to 200,000. And then pretty soon they'll get that down to 150. 
And if you don't think that's true, understand when they first did income taxes, income taxes were against the law. They are against the Constitution. They are unconstitutional, income taxes are. They had to put an amendment in order to get income taxes to go. So the way they got the amendment through was to say we were only going to put income taxes on the... How many are paying income taxes? Man, look at all these rich people. Glory to God, all you rich people out there. <laughs> what happened? See, this is the way that they always do it. They disguise their intentions and it's for a purpose. All these things are for a purpose. We are now paying more taxes percentage-wise than the, than the people who were in the colonies did when they revolted. You're paying more taxes than they are. My percentage. All right, we got through the easy steps there. Now we get in some of the harder ones. And these are some of the nastier ones. But you see, if you jumped right into these, people would rebel. But because of the preparation that was done in the deceiving, in the disguising of the intentions, there's a whole lot of things been done in this country that disguise intentions. And if you all think that health care was done, that the whole health care bill was done for the purpose of getting more people health care, you are wrong. And it will come about. Now, the president himself, and this is where you disguise intention, the president himself, before he was elected, told a group of his supporters, we can't get to a single pay. These are Herd's words. They're not anybody else's. We cannot get to a single payer system right away. It'll take 10 or 15 years. But his goal was to get to a single-payer system. Single-payer system was only government covers health care. But when he put it out there, what did he, what did he tell everybody? You'll be able to keep your own health care plan. You like your doctor, you'll be able to keep it. You like your insurance company, you'll be able to keep it. But what they did in the legislation made it impossible. And people are beginning to find that out. Already people have seen a rise in their income or their, their uh, cost of their, their plans. We're seeing companies that are folding. We're seeing companies that are closing up plans. And so you can't have that plan because it's not offered anymore. Employers are going to stop offering it because it costs too much. The intentions were there. All you had to do was find out what he said. He exposed his intentions. All you got to do is get one of these people to talk for a while and they will expose their intentions. It's not like they're, they're all that good at covering up. How many of y'all saw that movie, uh, A Few Good Men? Remember when they had the guy on the stand? Uh, who was it? Jack Nicholson's up on the stage. I forget who character was. I just remember Jack. And, you know, he's being interviewed. And the, and the interviewer, um, uh, Tom Cruise, he was saying beforehand, he says, he wants to tell us why he did it. <laughs> I just got to get him to that place where he, he, he does it. And so he got him on the stand. He got him all worked up. And he, got, and he said, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and so then he finally comes on out and he tells him the truth. I ordered the whatever it was, the the thing i did order it and it's a good thing that i did and he went through the whole thing and he just he just uh went did, he told he, he just stood back tom cruise just sat back and let him go go ahead and then he got done he thought he'd go back and start doing this stuff no he's arrested <laughs> he's he's all over see that's the one thing the devil can't control and we're going to see why that is in just a little bit it's real clear in scripture why this is the problem and why it always falls apart for the devil when he does this. But we're going to get into these other things. Here's the number, the five one. This is the one that's harder to take. But this is the thing that they do. And this is what the spirit of Antichrist will do. And that is silences. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Now, 
when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak no to no man in this name. What are they trying to do? <laughs> trying to do it. What did they try to do to Daniel? What did they trying to do to his buddies? Silence. What was Pharaoh trying to do to Moses? Silence them. They put the pressure on. For the purpose of, we want you to shut up. We don't want you to oppose us. And if you, they don't care about anybody else talking, but if you oppose us, we care about that. And we will do whatever we can to silence you. We've seen that going on in a number of presidencies, but no presidency like this one has tried to silence people. And it was even done before he was even elected. If you remember, Joe the plumber exposed him because he got him talking. And he exposed some of his intentions. And, uh, and Joe the plumber was a victim then. They went after him for the purpose of silencing. Anybody else thinking of coming along doing this sort of thing? This is what we do. It's Chicago politics. That's what it was always called. And, of course, he came out of there and brought some other people from it. But I could go over quite a list of people where they silenced. That was the purpose of it. And other administrations have done it as well. Just no one has done it as much as this one has where there's so many stories of, of people that are going about silencing them. No, you will not speak against this. And, uh, and they really come against you. Anyway, silencing the, these folks. We have the number of people that did that. Now, once we get into the silencing, we're, we're silencing the critics. That's what you have to do. You have to silence the critics. And so who, how many of you all know there are certain critics that come up for diff- different presidencies that's trying to get off on this thing? And what do they do about them? discredit and try and silence they don't debate the facts that they're bringing out they discredit and they try and silence that's the wrong spirit that's the spirit of antichrist that's what they try and do the next step they go to is they usurp remember the antichrist how is it that the antichrist comes to power antichrist comes to power in a conglomeration of ten nations and when the word of God, back in Daniel, when it talked about this horn, when it showed up in the book of Revelation, when it talks about this Antichrist shows up, what does he do when he comes to power? Remember there were 10 horns? And what does he do to three of them? He dethrones three of them when he usurps his power. He doesn't come to power, he usurps it. And he knocks three powers of the 10 out in doing so. They are usurpers. This is one of the levels. This is very much of the spirit of Antichrist. They usurp power that they need to bring about what what has to happen in order to usher in the the Antichrist when he comes. You'll see this in the uh, Annas, the high priest. Remember him? We went went over some of the stories of of him and that that he did. Um, Moses. The rebels that came up, what did they want to do? They wanted to usurp what most of the power that Moses had. Who said you could have that power? Who said you could only you could do those things? We can do them. Athaliah, remember her queen mother? 
she usurped the throne of Israel and in doing so killed all her grandkids. Except for one. She missed one. Can you imagine a grandmother who was so overtaken by the spirit that she usurps the power and kills all the grandbabies, all her grandbabies? That's in the Bible. This is what they do. They usurp. We want to kind of run on through these because we're going to miss the... I want want you to see it in action. They control and they dominate. Once they usurp, they get into a place where they control and they dominate. They don't try and lead. What does the good shepherd do? Good shepherd leads. The wrong shepherd controls and dominates. That's what they do. What does Antichrist do? He controls and dominates. You will get this. You will do it this way. If you don't, you die. And that's where these, these folks go. We saw that going on in Rome. We saw it going on in Greece when that spirit came upon these different places and other ones before that and other ones after it. I put this also in there. They are capable of great acts of selfishness. Not just selfishness, great acts of selfishness. But we're not going to elaborate on all those because we're going to miss this part here. I want you to see this in action. And this is one of the best examples of it in action. And there are a number of them that you can actually go through in the Bible and see this. But Absalom is our, our uh, pick of choice. In, uh, there are three things that come about in order for a person to get into this. First off is opportunity. What is the opportunity that the spirit of Antichrist seizes upon to have some control over the person? And it's almost always the same thing. Opportunity usually comes around an offense or a fear. The opportunity that the Spirit of Antichrist uses to get a foothold on people is usually around an offense or a fear. Remember Judas? Usually an offense or a fear. Remember Judas? He got offended because of what was done to Jesus. Now, he was offended times before that, but that was the one that set him off and and it said Satan entered him. Pharaoh... Remember, Israel came into the land of Egypt and they did good and they helped preserve the land. But then all of a sudden, a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph arose, came to power. And he looked out at the children of Israel and he saw how numerous they were and he became fearful that they were going to rise up against Egypt. And so they said, we need to do something about it. We need to put them in servanthood. And then they eventually went out and tried to kill the, the babies. It was because of fear. And that's how Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist got a hold of Pharaoh. Herod, when he heard that the wise men came in and said, there's a king born of Israel. Who is he? He's the king of Israel. He became fearful. Wait a minute. I'm the king of Israel. What do you mean somebody else is coming in? No, we can't have that. He became fearful. And that's the opportunity that Antichrist comes. Anyone that you see who is given into the spirit of Antichrist an opportunity has come either through an offense or fear. For Absalom, it was about his sister. And you're going to see this in Second chapter, Second Samuel chapter 13. You can read that at home. We're not going to read it now. In Second chapter, I'll just summarize it for you. He had a sister named Tamar. And he had a brother, Amnon. And Amnon loved Tamar, his sister. Not half-sister, as far as I know, is, is his sister. And he loved her. And he actually just lusted after her and he whatever. But he, he, anyway, he got into the thing and did stuff he shouldn't do. And so he disgraced Tamar and Absalom was upset. 
And Absalom watched and David did nothing. Now, we could spend some time on this and I could show you why David did nothing. If we run time through the scripture, it's kind of fascinating why David did nothing. It was, David was really in a bad spot. Um, but anyway, we don't have time to get into all that. That's for another time. So nothing was done. So Absalom decided, I need to do something about it. And so he killed his brother. He uh, waited two years. Um, and then he asked, you know, David, I need the family to come along and help me with something. David couldn't do it. We can't do it. All right, well, if you can't do it, how about if Amnon comes? Uh, David says, wait a minute. <laughs> Why do you want Amnon to come along? Oh, well, you know, we, we haven't hung out for a while, so just thought it'd be a good idea. David says, all right. And he kills him. And so then he flees, runs away. David mourns for his son Abnon for a while, but then after a while he mourns that Absalom's not around. Now, what's interesting is Abnon is the firstborn son. Absalom is the thirdborn son. You know what happens when you have a firstborn son and a thirdborn son? There's another son in between. He goes by two different names. One name is Daniel. Chronicles calls him Daniel. Called another name that you wouldn't really know all that well. But anyway, it's one of those two names or kind of had a nickname or both names. Something happened to him. He died young. He'd never married. He's not in any genealogies. He died young. And because uh, afterwards, we see that after Absalom is, is dead, the next in line, the fourth in line, is the one who's trying to get the throne when David's ready to die. If there was another one who was older, he would have been trying. But there wasn't. So he was in, in line for that. So anyway, something happened to him. So Absalom is uh, really the next in line for the throne after Amnon. But he doesn't kill him for that reason. He kills him because of Tamar. And he feels like this is the good reason. How many? He's taking vengeance. On he got offended because David didn't do anything about this injustice that was done to his sister. He really loved his sister. He said, "Look, sister, you come on into my house. I'll take, I'll feed you. I'll take care of you the rest of your life. You just come in here and you live with me." And he did that. And then we get over to verse fourteen, and uh, well, Joab spends some time. He wants to bring Absalom over, so he brings Absalom over, and. Uh, you know, it tells David, they do this whole elaborate, it's kind of a neat story if you want to go back there and read it. Kind of, uh, he does this neat thing with the widow. And so he gets David to say, all right, bring Absalom back. So Absalom comes back, but David says, I don't want to see him. And so uh, Absalom says, I want, to, I want to see my dad. And Joab won't give him an audience. He just says, look, I got you here. That's all I'm going to do. You're on your own. And so um, Absalom like, I'm going to have an audience with Joab. And so he takes some foxes, puts some torches on them, and he sets them through the field. And it gets his uh, Job's now, Joab's field on fire. So now Joab comes to the door. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> well, you wouldn't answer me before, so I had to get your attention. In order to do that, I had to burn your stuff down. See, when this, when this spirit gets on you, I need this so I can take all that of yours to get my... This is, this is common. This is not unusual. Whatever you have, I can just take it if I need to get my thing done. That's very common in it. It's common in Antichrist. You're going to see in Antichrist, whatever he needs, he usurps, he takes to get what he needs done, done. That's, what, that's part of the spirit. That's just the thing that they do. So he goes on. and uh, But anyway, we come, we, the part I wanted to get to was um, when Absalom comes back and he finally makes restitution with David. And so he spends about two years on a project where he gets into the... You see this on 13, 14, 15, I think even 16, 17, the whole story of, of Absalom. He goes to the gate... And he stands in front of the gate as the king's son. And the people are coming into the gate because they're there to hear, have their cases heard. There's an injustice done. And he says, you know what? You're going you're gonna to be in line a long time because, you know, it's a long time. Just tell me. You got some time here. Tell me what's going on. 
what happened. And so he would get one side of the story because only one person was there. You know what? He would say, your case is right. you got a good case. And I think you deserve restitution. But understand, my father has not set up many judges. And you may never get your case heard. Oh, that I were in charge of the land. I would take care of this. I would get more judges. And we would make sure that your, your case was heard. And he'd probably see them on the way out. How did it go? Well, I didn't get heard today. I told you it was going to be that way. That was a weakness of David's kingdom. He did not have enough judges or did not have it set up right. And so Absalom saw that and took advantage of it. Understand, he did not care one bit about the people because he may be talking to Sam as he came on through and Sam may have a lawsuit against Joe. And Joe may be, you know, half hour behind him. Joe, what's your case? Well, I got this thing against Sam. Oh, yeah, what's the, what's the case? Oh, you know what? You're right. I, I would side with you. Well, he just said he would side with Sam. But he would do this. One after another. Because truth is not important. And he would disguise his intentions. His intentions are not to get people to hear their cases or to get cases solved. His intention is to get power. In order to get power, I have to get people behind me. In order to get people behind me, I need to give them what they want. So I need to find out what they want. I need to give it to them. And then they will be behind me. And he does this for two years. Now, what's interesting is he doesn't do this on his own. In fact, it wasn't even his idea. The idea was Ahithophel. I may remember the story of Ahithophel. Ahithophel is the grandfather of Bathsheba. Ahithophel was David's greatest counselor. And it was said the words of Ahithophel were like the words of God. And when Ahithophel saw what happened with Bathsheba, Ahithophel got offended. And when he got offended, guess what had an opportunity? Spirit of Antichrist who would come against Christ. Well, coming against Christ, Christ is not on the earth, but who is on the earth? David. And where does the Christ come from? The house of David. So therefore, we need to come against the house of David. We need to eliminate this house. And so Ahithophel gives in to the spirit. And though he was of the spirit of God, gave in to the spirit because of bitterness, because of anger, because of offense. And he found, I'll tell you what, pe- bitter people... Offended people can find other offended people and they flock together. How many of you know people that are offended and you can't stand being around them? But you see, offended people love being around each other. They all love talking about their offenses. But people that are not walking that way, they have a hard time with that. I don't want to be around this offense. I don't want to hear about all that sort of stuff because it's contrary to the Spirit of God. So Ahithophel saw Absalom, Absalom, come on over here, talk to me. You got something going on, don't you? And he probably told him, he says, look, I, I'm not real fond of your dad. This is what your dad did. And then that opened up Absalom. He did that to you? Well, let me tell you what he did to me. And they began to talk. And he said, look, I got a plan. We can get your dad out. We can put you in because you are next in line for the throne. Let's not wait until nature takes its course and David dies Let's take care of this now because David should have been judged for what he did with Bathsheba and David should have been judged for what he didn't do with Tamar. That's right. We should do it. And so they all got on there and see, they feel justified in doing this, but they're coming against God. They're coming against the Christ. And so he did this. He sat there in front of the gate all this time and waited 
for each person to come through and spend two years getting things ready. When he finally got things ready, he told his dad, Dad, I need to go down to Hebron. Got a vow. I need to... All right, son, go ahead. He went on down to Hebron. And he sent messengers all through the land of Israel. I want everybody to know, I am in Hebron right now, and I am rising up. If you all want to side with Absalom, you come over here with me. Because he knew that he had enough people to make a, make a go at this. And so all these people came, and they, came, they were all against David. They came over to Absalom's side. And the word comes to David, there's a rebellion afoot, and David has to flee the city. And the battle goes on, and the case goes on, and they, they meet. And that's, that's an interesting battle. God uh, did all kinds of things to deliver. What I want you to notice is that there's a particular guy who came along with David. And this guy had not been with David for very long. And David says to him, he says, why are you coming along with me? You just joined me a couple of days ago. And he says to him, yeah, but I am united with you. I understand that God is with you, and I'm on your side. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Whatever, if you die, I'm going to die. Hushai. And he says, look, you're old. <laughs> David is good this way. <laughs> you're old. You're going to slow me down. You're not really going to help me out a whole lot out here. You can't really fight. But I'll tell you what, this is what you can do. Ahithophel is with the conspirators. I want you to go on over there, and you let me know what's happening. And you get in good with Absalom and thwart, stop the counsel of Ahithophel. So he says, all right, I'll do it. So he heads on back. And so he shows up in court, and Absalom says, why are you here? Why are you not with your friend? Because he knew he was a friend. He says, no, no, I'm a friend to whoever the, whoever the king is, and right now you're the king, so I'm your friend. All right, you can be one of my counselors too then. And he brings him on in. Brings us over to this, this part. We didn't get over this, this yet. Plans. This spirit of Antichrist is not in a hurry. It is not in a hurry. It will go slow. It does not mind. It will set about things. To, understand the spirit of Antichrist has been working on this country to pull down our morals for how many decades? And it has worked. It's worked through leaders. It's worked through the political machines. It's worked through the media. It's worked through Hollywood. And it has pulled down our morals to what was looked at as immoral in the 50s is now commonplace. The spirit is not in a hurry. I didn't tell you this, but it, uh, we went over it. It takes two years to implement this, and it's not his idea. It's not his idea. So if you go through the story, you can do this on your own at home. Go through the story of Absalom. I want you to count how many characteristics of Antichrist do you see in Absalom. You can spot them, because now you see you know some of them. But plans makes these, makes these plans. First off, we seek an opportunity. Secondly, and make some plans. Third, there's aggression. We have opportunity, we have plans, we have aggression. That's the progress that the Spirit always does. Once divisions are made with sufficient numbers, because we have to divide, we have to separate some of those that we can. We can't get everybody, but we need to separate those that we can, get them on our side. And once we do, we need to have an aggressive act. We need to do something. Once divisions are made with sufficient numbers, we become aggressive. The killing of parents, children, friends, or whoever gets in the way is no problem. And the people who have given in this spirit before have gone out and they've slaughtered parents, friends, children, and it's not a problem because they get so caught up with this. 
whoever gets in the way. Now, here is the weakness. We've hinted towards this before. Here is the weakness. The people that side with the spirit of Antichrist have no inward character. They have no inward character. They, or if they did, they had to give it up in order to get a hold of this. The inward character was lost. When you have no inward character yourself, you do not seek it or even recognize it in others. Absalom did not know how to have inward character. He may have had it early on, but he gave it up. And he's now seeking after himself. See, inward character gets you to seek after the good of other people. But the Word of God, how many times did we read they sought after what was good for their own belly? They sought after what was good for their own self. They weren't out there to look what was good for you. How many times has Congress passed a law that they are exempted from? Why is that? There's no inward character there. If you really believe this thing is good, don't, why don't you put yourself under it? They don't believe that it's good. Generally, those who don't have it side with, or at least not for long, and those who don't have it, turn on it when it benefits them. When the spirit of Antichrist comes upon people and they have no inward character, they side with it for as long as it benefits them. But as soon as it doesn't benefit anymore, they will turn against it. They turn on it because they want to do their own thing. And this is what messes up this kingdom of Satan, is that they keep going after their own interests and not the interests of his kingdom. Whereas people that are in God's kingdom, we go after the, the interest of God the Father. Again, we, we, we lay aside our own interest for his kingdom. See, he, Satan doesn't have that. They don't, they don't got that part. When the Bible gives us qualities for leaders, what is the goal of those qualities? What is it showing us? Does it, we just went through some of them in First Timothy in the Wednesday night series. Doesn't it show us people with inward character? Because people with inward character are the ones you want to have. Because people with inward character don't are, are they're resistant to the spirit of antichrist because the spirit of antichrist wants to entice you first off by getting you to go after something that benefits you something that you want to right a wrong that you saw it's not looking for the good of the nation or the good of the kingdom of god it's after the good of you and that's how it pulls you in because it pulls you in that way that's always the weakness now if you want to spend some time contrast the characteristics of this spirit and the Holy Spirit. Just, just, I mean, you know some of, the con- some of the qualities of the Holy Spirit. Contrasted with what you just saw here in, in these. It is completely against. They're, they're totally opposite. They're not in the same ballpark. You cannot get these things confused. The Spirit of God will never have you disguise your intentions. Never. It's not to say that everybody in the church doesn't disguise their intentions. But not everyone in the church is motivated by the Spirit of God. He'll never have you do that. The Spirit of God does not want you out there to deceive. He wants you out there to to understand the truth, to come to the truth, to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what He wants. He's not out there to to silence people. He wants you to talk and to seek after knowledge. Jesus was never against anybody who asked questions. He was against people who asked questions with wrong intentions. That was a little different. But no, he, he wasn't against that at all. The characteristics of the spirit of Antichrist are extremely clear. When you see it, 
You can pick it out in anybody. Now understand, you'll, you'll pick this out in people that you like. Most of the people in, the, in some kind of office in this country are assaulted by the Spirit. Pretty much all of them are. Now, some are more resistant to it. And there are some that are not. There are some that did not give into this when they went into office or position or whatever it was that they were in. But as they were there, they were assaulted by it. And it sought an opportunity. They became offended. They became fearful. And it sought that opportunity. It swayed them in. There are people who went to Washington one way and came back another. Now, most of these folks that are in this, this boat go by the label of liberal. They're actually not. They're actually progressive. They actually had the label of being progressive for many years, but that began, became offensive to a lot of people. It was exposed for what it was. So what they did was they hijacked the liberal party, the liberal name. Not I, Some people even in the church, I've run into people, they call themselves a liberal. I never, ever put anybody who says they are liberal in this category. I look at what they, what they do, what they believe. Because I, I understand that there's, there's, there's one group, they call themselves liberal because right now it was, a, it was a good name. But it was actually this progressive movement that was in there. And this progressive movement is the one that's out there to, to do a lot of these things, to demolish this country, to take this country down. And there's people who believe it. They've stated their intention. So just thinking, you know, well, I, 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 I kind of like some of the things that liberals believe. Well, most people who think they're liberal aren't. I've, uh, I've sat down with some people who thought they were liberal and I asked them some questions. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? No, I don't believe that. Okay, well, do you believe this? I'll ask you one. Do you believe that the government spends your money better than you do? If you answer no, you're not a liberal. Do you believe that government does things better? If you answer yes, then you're a liberal or a progressive, actually. If you answer no, I don't think government does things better, you're probably not in that ballpark. And you can go on down the line of, of different things. But not, I understand not everybody who identifies themselves as a liberal. Please don't, if you've ever identified yourself to a liberal, ever think, well, maybe Pastor ever feared about that, he won't like me. No. Doesn't bother me at all. Because I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to find out what you believe. I don't care what label you wear. I'm going to find out what you believe. And I know, most, I know everybody here wants your beliefs to line up with the Word of God. That's our goal, isn't it? We want to line up with the Word of God. And see, that attitude right there keeps you from being one of the progressive people. It keeps you from it because you want to change and you are willing to adapt your beliefs. If the Word of God shows you something, you will adapt your belief. Oh, I see that in the Word. Okay, I'm going to go that way. And you'll change that. But a person who is of this spirit won't change. They're not willing to. And they will disguise their intentions because if you're not ready to, to see this, well, they will just keep that part of it from you. Because they know it's bad, they know it's evil, they know it's not right. So, liberal, conservative, whatever method you want to go by, doesn't matter to me. I listen to what you say. I would rather judge a person by what they say they believe and by what they do than by any label they put on themselves. So I just always look at it that, in that direction. But the spirit of Antichrist, these are its characteristics. These are the things that it does. It always does these things. If you spend some time this week, you can think about stories in the Bible and you can trace these 
characteristics to a lot of the kings of Israel. You can trace these characteristics to a lot of the forces that came against Israel. You can trace these things to people who came against the prophets. How many times were the prophets told to be silent? How many times did they come against them for the, it's the same spirit? Because the spirit of Antichrist was against Israel. The prophets were trying to help Israel. Therefore, we must silence the prophets. We need to lead them into a place of idolatry because we lead them into a place of idolatry. God will judge them. But the prophets kept messing that up. So we need to silence the prophets. And right now what's going on in this country is we are creating groups. We're getting people used to being angry at groups. The groups are general. And the groups are general enough that when the time is right, they will put the Christians in one of those groups. And the hatred will be against them. That day is coming. That time is coming. They're just getting you used to hating groups, to having no information but making a judgment. This country, the, the media, as much as they say, you know, the, all the movements that they tried to support, they are not Martin Luther King. For all the things he said about racism, he said some wonderful speeches about that. And how many know the media is always promoting it when they want to? They don't, believe a, they don't believe a word of it because they are always out to judge people based on their appearance, not the content. Of their, they're always out to do that. But God judges people. I mean, he had it right. Judge people by the content of their heart. That's all. Who cares what color their skin is? Who cares what label they wear? Who cares what country they came from? Look at the content of their heart. And the, con- the abundance of the heart, the mouth, speaks. But you see, the, the, the media, certain politicians are out to try and get our nation because if we can divide it enough, we can get this group against this group and then this group against this group. And if we get everybody used to fighting groups, the time will come and we will take the group we really don't want, which is the Christians, because they expose Antichrist, and we will put them into that. And then they will be hated. They will not be listened to. And they will be despised. And whatever warning we want to give about any Christ, about what's coming, will not be looked upon. And it will be disgraced. That's the goal. Maybe not of the people, but it is the goal of the spirit of Antichrist. We need to recognize it. Don't side with it. When it shows his ugly head, you need to hit it head on. Don't let it in your house. That's why I always tell you, don't turn the news on. These people give in to this all the time. And I, I hear what they say. All, oh, I constantly hear. Just those little, little, I, I try and stop watching live TV when we watch TV because I don't like those little, you know, 30-second news things they do before you go back into the show. <laughs> oh, I don't like them. I don't like them. Because they're trying to, they're trying to debate you. No, you don't want to have this. You need to be on guard against it. Don't let this stuff in. We spent one week here. We're looking at the characteristics. We looked at Absalom. I, didn't really get, I was hoping to actually read more of the story, but we were already running out of time. So if you can, this week, read chapter 13, chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. I think it goes as far as 18. I don't think it gets into 19. I think those are the ones. It's not that much to have to read. Read it. I want you to see the spirit of Antichrist as it's working. And it took a guy who was an upstanding guy. Absalom was likable. Very likable. He was a good, a good son. David loved him. Even after he murdered 
his other son, David still loved him. Something about the guy. Next week, we want to look at how does this, this spirit affect us? We can be resistant to it. It's still, it's going to, we're going to be in a world where this spirit is becoming more and more uh, apparent. It's stronger and stronger. It's at work in the media. It's at work in politicians. It's at work at world leaders. Its goal is to try and get everything that's going on in Revelation to happen and to get us to in, into that, into that uh, neck of the woods. You want to see how does this have an effect on us? What can I do to, to stand up against this? But understand the goal of the Word of God is not to be in fear. We're not going to get into anything next week that's going to talk to you about, you know, hoarding food or, uh, you know, getting ready for disaster or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, don't, uh, you, know, you don't have to be messed with. If God's telling you to, you know, get ready to do something, then you listen to the Spirit of God. But don't do anything out of fear. Because if you do, what did you just give room for? You gave room to that very Spirit. Don't do it. There is nothing in that's going to happen in this world that we need to be afraid of. Nothing. The whole monetary system can collapse. You know what? You don't need to be afraid. Don't need to be afraid. We serve a God who fed people in in the wilderness, who fed a prophet by a raven from the king's table. I think that was cool. (laughs) From the king's table, fed him by a raven, who produced, had flour just multiply, oil just multiply. Just took care of him. God can take care of us. We do not need to be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything. But what are the things that the spirit of Antichrist can do that you need to be aware of? How do you stand on guard? What are we to do? We need to be, aware. We need to be alert. We need to be aware. So we'll get into that next week, and then we'll pretty much be done with this. We're going to move on to, a, to another series. So um, 